Nowadays, we hear a lot of conversations about the world becoming carbon neutral in order to solve climate change and in order to reach the targets outlined in the Paris Agreement. But how do we understand carbon emissions? How do we calculate them? It's quite intangible for us to understand. We cannot touch it with our bare hands. For that, we need data and technology. And today I'm speaking with a very inspirational person. Her name is Lyubomila Jordanova. And five years ago, she understood how serious the problem of climate change was and started a company called Plan A. Now, Plan A is on an amazing journey to help other companies calculate their carbon footprint and to understand where to focus their efforts in order to reduce them. Welcome, Lyubomila. It's good to have you today on the Interesting Times podcast. Thank you so much, Elena. I'm so excited to be here as well. Lyubomila, what is Plan A and what is your mission? Plan A is a software as a service company based in Berlin that enables uh, large and medium-sized companies to monitor their carbon footprint and learn how to reduce it. Our mission is to empower businesses to drive the sustainable transformation that we're going through as a society today. Sounds, sounds really interesting. So how did you come up with this idea? Why did you decide to start it? A few years ago, I went on a special trip that ended up being quite serendipitous. I was uh, supposed to be surfing in Morocco, ended up cleaning beaches instead, which was quite shocking and eye-opening. Uh, at that point of time in my life, I was not necessarily familiar with what climate change was, or at least mm -hmm. not to the detail that I believe I now am. And um, I decided after this experience to educate myself on the reasons for climate change to exist and the human element to the whole reality. Um, in a year's time, I was uh, educated and uh, devastated enough to decide to quit my job and essentially start building Plan A. That's an um, inspiring dedication story, really. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm quite... Uh, happy that today I'm not uh, uh, as lonely as I was uh, five years ago when no one wanted to talk about the topic. Now it feels like uh, there's a lot of momentum and uh, I'm happy to have been there uh, with kind of the starting point of this big transformation that we're going through now. That's true. And, and what did you do five years ago? Who did you contact? Uh, who did you get in touch with? How did the whole process start? Well, the process was quite, I would say, uh, not so straightforward. <laughs> uh, the first thing that I did was uh, to read a lot, to learn uh, as much as I can from documentaries, from books, from scientific papers. After that, I felt confident uh, enough to build a data model that was comparing on one hand the biggest environmental issues worldwide versus the money that were going into them. Uh, mm -hmm. This was a comparative data model that was there to understand are we actually investing in what matters? Uh, in short, the answer was no. <laughs> uh, the, the geographies that were getting the most attention were the ones that were good at marketing, good at voicing their concerns about their own status, but not necessarily the ones that were uh, losing already land like uh, island countries and others. The second thing that I did was I interviewed 
300 plus people, uh, predominantly uh, business people that had uh, some experience with um, maybe giving donations to environmental causes, but had no professional alliance to the topic, which was also quite of a disappointing exercise as I found out that people are not informed, they're not interested in being informed and they were too overwhelmed by what climate change was presented to be to them. These two mm -hmm. events actually set out the beginning of Plan A and the first product that we developed. The 300 people is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had some time on my hands because then I, I quit my job like I was not doing anything else and uh, that was my main mission and I was so excited uh, about it. I contacted so many of my friends and family and I would interview each one of them just to understand how are they thinking about the issue and um, it was quite eye-opening and I think it was a useful exercise uh, just to start feeling the uh, pulse of the time and understanding if there was really uh, potential for this idea, which maybe at the time didn't feel so, but <laughs> today... But now uh, it does, huh? <laughs> Exactly. And, and how did you find your team? Who do you work with? Now the Plan A family is a bit big. We're close to 40 people based in uh, Berlin uh, and also France uh, um, and a few other places around the world. Uh, we are business people, climate data scientists, a lot of uh, carbon accounting reduction experts, sustainability experts, as well as, of course, a big uh, data team uh, and a tech team. That sounds really exciting. Do you have um, further plans of growth? What do you want to do next? We are doubling the team at the moment. Uh, we have more than 10 open positions for different uh, roles in Germany and in France. Uh, we are looking for quite a big, diverse uh, group of uh, people, roles and expertise. Uh, and uh, we're planning on entering the US by the end of the year. So the growth is uh, on one side on the team side, on the other side also on the geographical expansion level. That's exciting, especially in the US that now they're back in the Paris Agreement. It's a good uh, time to start there too. Yeah, it took some time, but uh, now they seem to be getting up to speed with uh, the new president. <laughs> Indeed. And can you tell us more about your solution? How do you calculate carbon footprint and what do you do with it afterwards? Plan A is a science first company. We have a full-fledged scientific team. Uh, these are people that do uh, and have been doing for a long time life cycle analysis, carbon accounting, climate risk assessment, climate modeling uh, and sustainability consulting. So that allows us to have quite of a comprehensive understanding of what problem we're solving. Uh, which is essentially enabling companies to manage their carbon footprint and learn how to reduce it. We offer a platform that is a end-to-end -end solution um, which automates the data collection, visualizes everything and then enables based on the data that has been collected to allow the company to start acting, to start reducing uh, and taking actions that can tangibly support the company to be a sustainability pioneer. It's a fine blend between science and technology, uh, a lot of machine learning, uh, as well as a lot of scientific capability. Mm -hmm. It's uh, my favorite blend, technology, <laughs> digitalization and climate change. <laughs> exactly, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and um, why is it important for companies to not just calculate carbon footprint, 
and offset it, but to focus really on reducing it first. We need to look at the data. We need to look at the statistics. And what the data tells us is that uh, even if the whole planet uh, offsets itself and maybe feels comfortable that they're achieving something about uh, the health of our planet, we're never going to be close enough to being able to reduce our emissions uh, to a level where the health of our planet is back to a normal state. Last year, we only managed to reduce our emissions on, in the whole world by 7% even though it felt like the whole world stopped and we didn't have any um, capacity to move, travel, uh, uh, be with people, consume, uh, all these things that normally humans do, um, we only reduced to that level, which shows that we have a strong responsibility as businesses and as business leaders uh, to focus on reduction as all the emissions that were there sitting and still being created were predominantly created by businesses. And speaking about last year, now that you mentioned it, do you feel that because of the global pandemic, people now pay more attention to climate change? Yes and no. On one hand, we have definitely a lot more awareness. People are mindful of their own responsibility uh, as there's been quite a lot of momentum with the Green Deal that happened in um, Europe. Uh, there's also been a lot of momentum with uh, Biden selecting climate change as one of the three components of his agenda. But as someone that is quite pragmatic and I'm quite skeptical about us necessarily being a totally new type of a human uh, or species with a different behavior as soon as the pandemic will be done and the whole planet will be vaccinated or at least a big chunk of it. Uh, so I would say we need to wait until we see the results. Um, there's been some progress in terms of awareness, in terms of results, um, not necessarily because net zero targets are still targets. They're not something that is achieved. It's not something that can be claimed as a success. So until we don't see these numbers of emissions dropping significantly, we're not capable of claiming glory. <laughs> it's true, I agree with you. I saw the data that in December last year, we were actually 2% higher on greenhouse gas emissions than the year before, even though we were in the middle of the global pandemic. And um, a lot of people come and say, but, but look, we did really good. The CO2 emissions went down. Didn't the pandemic help? Yes, it did, but the effect was so tiny that we have a lot more to do in the upcoming years. Absolutely, and it's really important to not feel falsely comfortable with whatever has been uh, achieved and whatever has been uh, influenced by the pandemic, uh, which has resulted in a positive impact for the health of our planet. We're consuming a lot more plastic uh, due to the single-use products that are now in circulation uh, as part of the testing that is happening in, in different places, as part of the uh, single uh, use of gloves and all these elements that support us with uh, uh, disinfection. So if we only focus on CO2 emissions, we're not even looking at the full bill that we need to pay. Mm -hmm. uh, biodiversity is at stake and it has been in stake for decades. Uh, 
our waste management systems are not capable of digesting all the waste that we are creating. And we also have an energy system that is predominantly dependent on coal. So until we don't fix all these issues, we're never going to be on track with hitting any Paris Agreement targets or even net zero targets that maybe some companies have been setting for themselves. That's true. And coming back to plan A, what are you guys doing to help companies achieve their net zero pledges? Um, do you see that in your five-year journey, there is a lot more interest that it's becoming easier to work with the different corporations? Or do you still see that it's a very long way to go to persuade people that they really need to pay attention? It really depends on uh, the geography that we talk about. I think in Europe, we are definitely feeling a lot more comfortable these days in terms of selling our product because there's not only awareness, but there's a need. Uh, there's a lot of regulations now expecting large financial institutions, fashion companies, construction companies to sit within certain boundaries of emissions, which means that they need to start tangibly understanding how do we create these emissions and then essentially take a opportunity and take a uh, an action in order to reduce. We support companies in a lot of ways. We always say that most important first step is to analyze the status quo. This is looking at the data and understanding what are these elements that need improvement? What are the low hanging fruit? What are the first steps you can take to start improving yourself? Um, and then looking into the more complex agenda. Uh, we have something that is uh, quite new to our software, and this is essentially scenario management, where you can essentially look into the future and see if I want to hit this kind of target, I need to do these 10 things, or I need to do these other 10 things. Um, so that's something that really helps companies imagine what kind of action they need to take in order to be effective with their reduction. So in a nutshell, what we help with is fast to understand what's the status quo and then start taking action by reducing emissions. And do you have results from the companies that uh, use your software? How much are they able to reduce? On average, we have 15% reduction of CO2 emissions, which is uh, quite good, especially for the larger companies that we work with. And we have uh, quite good success with also in and enabling the companies to implement uh, this sustainability mindset. So that's something that is particularly important uh, to understand is that essentially uh, no sustainability target can be achieved if you don't incorporate also your other stakeholders, be it your investors, your consumers, your employees. So alongside this tangible reduction that we have, that is a 15%, we also pride ourselves on the fact that we enable these companies to start empowering their own employees and other stakeholders to be part of this change as well. And I'm curious, when they look at the results that come out from the analysis that you make, are they surprised? Do they say, oh, I haven't thought that there we did so much impact and that this we actually did quite well? How do they react? It's always quite exciting to uh, see someone and start understanding their own uh, kind of capabilities and uh, own influence on the planet. Uh, and when you see them taking action and seeing the results, you see that they're immediately a lot more ambitious about taking the next steps after that, mm -hmm. because they understand that it really matters. And any single step for reduction really enables them to be this leader in, uh, in the field and guide a whole industry potentially 
Um, we work with quite a lot of companies that are in industries that are historically quite unaware of sustainability or didn't necessarily uh, care a lot about the topic. So uh, the companies that work with us are um, pioneering the space for, for the steps that they need to take to be uh, recognized as uh, really this transformation uh, uh, company or company going through transformation. And what are these industries? So we have quite a large palette of industries we work with. We have, of course, uh, financial institutions, that's private equities, banks, venture capital funds, uh, other types of funds, asset managers. Uh, we also work with uh, construction companies. Uh, and um, one example is Vansi. This is a road maintenance company, one of the biggest ones in uh, uh, Europe and also in the world. Um, we work with fashion companies, um, example there could be Gani, uh, it's a big Swedish conglomerate, and uh, also tech companies. Uh, we work with a lot of uh, kind of software, internet uh, focused companies. And do you see what are the main areas for the improvement? Do they have to look perhaps in the supply chain or into their own operations? Usually what is the area that they can improve that will have the most impact on the CO2 emissions? So for those of the listeners that uh, don't know the concept of uh, the GHG emission protocol, maybe I can quickly explain what scope one, two, and three. Yes, uh, scope, uh, scope one, uh, two, and three are the three levels of analysis of emissions. It's an international framework that defines how to calculate emissions. Scope one is related to facilities and vehicles of a company. Scope two is related to uh, purchased electricity, heating, cooling, any energy uh, source. And then the scope three is essentially uh, the third parties. These are uh, the assets, the investments of the company, uh, suppliers. Uh, this is also leased assets, uh, end of life, uh, treatment of products, uh, waste management, all these elements. So what we calculate with our software is these three elements. And uh, what is always the case is that the biggest amount of emissions, doesn't matter what industry we're talking about, is sitting within scope three. Scope three for an automotive company is close to 98% of their emissions. Wow. Uh, scope three of a... Uh, uh, of a fashion company is at uh, sometimes even uh, 70, 80%, depending on uh, what uh, company we're talking about. Uh, and for a tech company, this is probably like uh, 30, 40% of their emissions. So it just gives you a bit of an understanding of how mm -hmm. impactful this uh, part of the calculation is. Um, and what this means and how it should be understood by the listeners as kind of a tip for action is that whenever someone is willing to uh, take an action as a company, as an individual, uh, you really need to start first looking, of course, at yourself, but you should expect the biggest impact by influencing the other organizations that you interact with, you work with, you get supplies from um, in order to reduce tangibly your emissions. And how do you influence the other organizations? I mean, it's always easier to focus on yourself, even personally, right? To try to reduce food waste at home or to put solar panels on the roof or do not take a car. But it's much more difficult to go around and talk to other people to do something. The same, I guess, is for the companies. Imagine I, as a company, I understand that 
my uh, carbon footprint mainly comes from my suppliers. What can I do to go to them, to talk to them, to make sure that they work together with me to lower these emissions? So there's a few uh, actually uh, cases. Uh, on one hand, you could expect that if the regulation pushes you to do something, you're going to follow. So many companies mm -hmm. actually end up starting to reduce because they need to sit within certain boundaries uh, and certain limits. In Germany, for example, the carbon tax law uh, got uh, approved and applied since the beginning of this year. So there's actually uh, even financial repercussions if you don't reduce. Um, and if you have and Germany emissions. is leading the way as well. It, not necessarily. I think Germany has a lot on its own agenda, especially mm -hmm. when it comes to the energy transition. Uh, Germany is really vocal about the topic and is definitely leading the discussions in Europe. Uh, I would say France is having a lot more of a pragmatic approach to reduction uh, because uh, of the citizen assembly, for example, where there was 160 suggestions that the citizens gave and now they have become uh, policies, they've become actions that the government is taking and also funds that have been made available, which is really an incredible step for Europe and it should be taken as an example by other countries. When it comes to the second reason for influence after the regulations, we have also supplier relationships. So uh, if you take the example of Microsoft, which made quite of a big uh, announcement uh, with their uh, agenda on compensating the whole existence of the company in terms of CO2 emissions and also calculating the emissions for that, which is quite of a mighty task. They actually have now started speaking to their suppliers and setting limits to them on how much they need to reduce by uh, a certain uh, period of time, which is two, three years. Mm -hmm. And if you are a supplier of Microsoft uh, of one service or another, you're a part of their scope three, um, you actually want to make sure that you stay in this contract, you stay in this relationship. So, of course, these companies would start taking really tangible steps in order to reduce their emissions. And then the final element is uh, consumers. In the B2C case, when you have a company that is dependent on uh, the consumer preferences, you need to start acting quite fast because anyone can find on the shelf in the supermarket the equivalent of your product, but with a sustainability commitment to it. And if you're the one that is doing the greenwashing and only doing marketing campaigns around that, you quite quickly are going to be called out. So these three elements are quite defining in why companies start to act. And I would say the most prominent one that we see at the moment is definitely regulation, followed closely by uh, the consumer one, because this is related to revenues. So you do really feel that the regulation is leading the way, not the companies and the way they do business and saying that they care about the planet, but really regulation right now is driving this forward. Absolutely. And it has been really surprising to us because at the end of the day, uh, we see businesses as this agile, innovative actor that normally uh, when it sees uh, opportunity to be innovative and to be leading the way, market leader in a certain topic, they catch these immediately. Yet in the case of climate change, what we have seen, especially in 2020 and now 2021, we've identified that the main reason why companies start to work with us is because they need by a certain period of time to have a compliance uh, 
element uh, to have a reduction element to their sustainability agenda and um, that is of course stressing them out because uh, mm -hmm. imagine if you're a bank you can fail your stress test if you don't calculate your scope three this makes it a bit more tangible for you why you really want to act and follow the uh, accordingly given uh, rules by the government going forward what do you think all these players should do the consumers the companies and the governments what should they do to lower greenhouse gas emissions as soon as possible or perhaps what they should do better what is a key missing element in us being able to achieve any uh, targets is education we are not informed enough about what it really means to start reducing emissions. There's a lot of theoretical kind of high level discussion still happening in media and uh, sometimes it's quite repeated, um, just the statements that uh, make us uh, not progress so fast. Uh, we know that the coal is a problem, we know that it's a problem of how you reskill the people that might lose their jobs and uh, we also know that technological advancement uh, is necessary. So there's always this kind of battling debate where um, all these topics are covered. I think we need more education that would allow us to move a lot faster and to engage the different stakeholders. Because at the moment, there's not necessarily clear agenda for individuals, for businesses, for governments on how they have to work together. And the only way we can succeed in addressing climate change is by collaborating because no single entity, no single government can address all the issues that we face by themselves. I love the, the message about collaboration because I completely agree with you. I think we're in a situation of a global crisis and the only way out is if we listen to each other and help each other and support each other. Yeah, for sure. And it's really exciting to see that these efforts pay off. Uh, in planning, what we have is quite a big community of different uh, professionals, policymakers, scientists, uh, individuals that work in companies uh, within the topic of sustainability, or at least are enthusiastic about the topic. And the best ideas are born when you add all these different perspectives and you give the opportunity for people to promote their knowledge that is a piece of the puzzle on how the solution should look at the end. And considering plan A as the piece of this puzzle, what is your big mission? What is your wildest dream? Where, what do you want to achieve and where you want to be, uh, let's say, um, in, in five, 10 years? I want to see plan A become the leading facilitator of, uh, on one hand, this discussion. Uh, I want us to be at the center between all these different stakeholders and enable them to work better together. We have proven ourselves at being really good at collaborating with many different types of entities, such as NGOs, scientists, also governments, uh, where I have actually a formal uh, responsibility uh, within Germany and also uh, within, of course, businesses, which are our main stakeholder. Uh, what this means is that we need to provide the tooling for this collaboration to happen and for this reduction of CO2 to actually be achieved. Um, so that's my vision and uh, we're working towards it on a daily basis by uh, enabling this conversation to happen and enabling this tooling to be used. You know, I'm already very impressed by the progress that you've made in five years, where you started, how you took this idea and where you are right now. 
and I'm very much looking forward to see how you're going to achieve your mission soon. Um, for our wider audience, can you share what's the best way to follow your work and where they can find information about Plan A? If people want to personally connect to me, uh, they should uh, connect on LinkedIn. Uh, I just give a sign that you've listened uh, to me on this great podcast. Uh, the second uh, useful resource uh, of information is our academy. Uh, the Plan A Academy is the place where we educate people about climate change. Uh, we give definitions of complex con concepts. We also enable people to speak to one another, join our events and be connected to this community that I mentioned. This is on the Planet website and there's also a link uh, on top. And finally, if anyone uh, from the listeners is of course also looking for a position, uh, we have quite a few open. Uh, so please feel free again to reach out either to me or uh, to Planet directly uh, to our team that is focused on people and culture. And what about the companies? Let's say they listen to you, they understand how big the problem is, they want to run to you, calculate their carbon footprint and reduce it. What should they do? For companies, uh, I'm uh, more than happy to speak to them and learn about what stage of sustainability they are, uh, how, what they need to achieve, what they want to achieve and help them on that. That's the easiest way is on uh, my uh, uh, email, which is lubomila at planet.earth. Uh, I'll be more than happy to support anyone with these topics, uh, first with the carbon accounting and of course, then with taking action on reduction. Sounds great. Lubomila, thank you so much for being uh, here with me today. Uh, I'm sure that it was very valuable for all the people that will listen to this episode. And I hope that it will educate them a little bit more. Like you said, education is extremely important. And I hope that we can all work together to achieve the, the dream of being carbon neutral and, and solving the planet. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was really a great pleasure to be here today.